Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Welcome to the Psychovertical Podcast. I'm your host, Andy Kepatrick. Uh, I'm sorry, I apologise. There's been a bit of a gap in my podcasting. Uh, I've, I've, uh, <laughs> I guess, I guess my, mind's, my mind's been elsewhere at the moment. Um, oh God, I've just realised. I had someone someone emailed me and they told me that I I. Do uh, I make a noise and I sucking sucking my teeth or something? And I think it's this kind of this noise where I got, but I'm not actually sucking my teeth. I'm just um, I don't know what I'm doing. I'm just making a noise. So I do uh, I do I do apologise. Uh, anybody out there who's got tinnitus? Apparently, it's like really bad if you got tinnitus. So I do apologise. Is is this is this is probably the worst thing about doing a a bloody podcast? Is it have to be you have to become so, so anal about everything. Like you're trying, a your brain is trying to think about what the hell you're gonna say because because I've I've got nothing written down. I've got to make it up as I go along. But also you've got to try not to say air uh, and uh, like that. Uh, <laughs> so so yeah. So now it's good at least to know what it is. Um, we the the person who told me this. He actually, he actually did send me some uh, links to tell me exactly when I was doing it, so I could look it up and realize what I was doing. But I just couldn't be asked, so I do, I do apologize. So now I feel like I, I really, I, I feel really tense now because I don't feel like I can. I'm really terrified that any moment now, I'm gonna, I'm gonna do it again. Oh God, God! If it's not, if I haven't got enough on my plate now, I know I've got to be thinking about not doing that. So. Uh, and I'll do it. Uh, I guess air is not too bad, is it? So anyway, at least at least some things are the same. Like I'm still here, still talking a lot of old shy rambling on and stuff. So uh, at the moment, I am. Uh, I'm in. Uh, I don't. I don't want to use. I don't want to use. I'm going to avoid using any words to do with with stuff that everyone else is talking about. I'm going to not going to talk about anything like that. Uh, <laughs> Um, you know, my wife has died. My mother-in-law's dead. I'm here in a house full of corpses. Uh, I'm I'm eating the flesh off them. Uh, I've got a really bad problem with flies, but I don't want to talk about it. I don't want it all to be out of me. So I'm not going to talk about it. I'm going to talk. About, I'm going to talk about other things. But uh, I might. I might. I might actually do a. I should, maybe I should do like a special podcast. A special. Uh, Maybe maybe we need to come up with a different name for it, like um, what's it? Cornelius. We'll call it the Con- the Cornelius syndrome. <laughs> so uh, my wife isn't dead, by the way. She would be upset if she knew I said she died. See, so that did it then. 
So I do apologise. Now I know I'm doing it. And now I know I'm doing it. If you're out there, the person who told me, I, I should look up your name. I'm just being ignorant. But if you, now I know what it is. Maybe I can stop myself. Maybe I, maybe I can become like a really perfect person. Like, you know, like, like, you know, if you, like, sometimes, sometimes it's very hard to be good at something. But if you do it as like a joke or like a spoof, it's, it's a lot easier. So, like, Hello, my name is Andy Kirkpatrick. Here I am talking like a real person on a real podcast. <laughs> it's much easier to do it like that or to sing a song like I was climbing up a mountain. Or, you know, if you do it as a joke, it's it's a lot it's a lot easier. Like I wanted this Andy Park in the musical. If anybody I think it's online somewhere, it's on YouTube. I think it's called Is it When Hell Freezes Over or something? But I do this thing, Andy Park in the musical. And the whole thing of it is that like Andy Parkin, he was, you know, he was like really, really badly injured and he couldn't, you know, people said he was going to die and everything like this. And, and he ended up, I think the joke was like, you know, when you've got, when you've got nothing to live for and you're right, you're at, you're at the death's door and you know, what do you do? Like you start painting. So, um, so yeah, doing watercolors. I don't know, this has got nothing to do with what I'm talking about now. I'm confused. My wife was just looking through the window then at me. I'm actually in, uh, I am actually uh, hidden away. I'm in Galway in Ireland. So I'm not really hidden away. I've just told her I am. I'm in Galway in Ireland. So I'm as west as I can go. You're in that film 28 Days Later where they end up at the end of the film where they're in Scotland or somewhere. That's that's basically where I am now. I'm just like hidden away somewhere. But Vanessa just found out that she can't go further than two kilometers from our house um but at the moment i'm just trying to trying to sort of corral her and it's really it's really hard when you like i i can i can i'm really good at doing nothing you know it's like a speciality of just of just doing nothing did it there again then and it probably means it's generally when you when you climb with norwegians like when the first time i climbed with some norwegians like a no, like a normal person. Like if it was like, if it was me and you, and we're, and we're talking, and you're telling me something, and you're telling me some story, and I'm going, yeah, yeah, oh yeah, yeah, and uh, yeah, I can hear what you I know what you're saying. Norwegians, when they when you're talking to a Norwegian, they go like, <gasps> they do this thing like where they're breathing in, like they're asthmatic, and I I found out that that's that basically they all do it, and it's just a way of like acknowledging that you're speaking to them. And I once got a ta- I was once in a taxi actually in Dublin, and we we're going along, and I was talking to the taxi driver, and the taxi driver was like going, <gasps> <gasps> as I was talking, and I was like, yeah, excuse me, you're not, you're not, um, you've got no like Norwegian kind of, you know, you know, you're not Norwegian or anything, are you? And he says, why? He says, because when I'm speaking, you go like, <gasps> <gasps> I said, no, no, I'm just asthmatic. So, so I think when I do that noise, that that noise, I think it's a little bit like. Uh, it's a little bit like I'm listening to myself, you know. So I'm like, yeah, yeah, like that. So again, again, apologize for that noise. Maybe I could, maybe I could, uh, maybe maybe I could put like a if I put a pencil in my mouth. It's harder to do right noise, but yeah. <laughs> it's harder to talk as well. So this, oh god, it's annoying. Maybe maybe this is why I, maybe this is why I was like writing all the time because I just can't make. You know, I've got all these problems, all these like speech problems. So I'm doing it again now. <laughs>
Oh, God. So, I, I often when I'm doing these podcasts, like today has been like a complete waste of time. I was I was going to try and do like like a, a, a stream, a live, <laughs> which sounds like what you do when you're <laughs> like when you're having a piss. But I was going to do a stream, which a piss would be easier to do, but like a stream, like a live stream. To I was trying to look up Twitter telescope, and I was like looking all over the place. I was finding all these astrology things, but it's not Twitter. It's it's something else. Uh, anyway, oh god! So, but I, I was just spent all morning trying to do like working out how to do a live stream because because I wanted to do like a a big uh, like a rope soloing stream because I have I have that's that's the thing most people ask me questions about but it's very hard to to answer any of them on a on a podcast like this so I was going to try and do like a video stream where I could show you images and PDFs and all that kind of stuff. But having spent about five five or six hours doing it, I just I just I just despair. Like it's one of these things where everything, like technology is supposed to make things easier, but it's like you know install this and then you install that, and it's like now log into this and then install that and you and then restart your computer and then you know you want your camera to somehow get better video, so you try and install it and you have to update the driver. And then the, you have the wrong cable, and you have to get another cable. It's like, oh god, it just it just sucks the life out. Yeah, like it'd be really good just to employ someone, someone who's like, you know, I guess there's a lot of unemployed people soon. So at the moment, so just find someone who's can do good at that kind of thing, and just give them, you know, give them something, and uh, and get someone else to do it because it's just it's just beyond me. Maybe I'm getting really old. Maybe, but I could just like hold a I could just like hold a phone up. And you know, do, and do it like that in front of me, but it's just not as good. In fact, re- I'm not that bad. In that recently, so Vanessa is like teaching remotely, so she's like teaching kids in like in in Middle East uh, remotely. So I had to. Uh, so most people are just doing it on an iPad, and we have an iPad. But unfortunately, someone came in our house and stole the iPad last week, so we don't have an iPad anymore. But so I was like, no, we should do it. We should do it properly. So I, was, so I got my camera, my DSLR, and I filmed filmed her doing like a little introduction. And then we we made it look really good. You know, we got nothing else to do, so we made it look really, really good. And then we uh, we uploaded it, and uh, and then the feedback was like, it's too good. Like you're making all the other teachers look shit now. You know, so like don't don't do it so good because you know you make other people look bad. So that's that's probably one of the the fifty eight laws of power. Uh, oh no, it's 48 laws. That, well, that's one of the extra laws I've invented. Is like, don't make other other people look shit in life. Like, just try and just get together. You know, have a monopoly of shitness. Uh, no, not a monopoly. Just have a just rig it. Basically, is it a monopoly? Anyway, if you're all shit, then it's and you all agree to. Anyway, so sorry, I'm doing it again. Maybe I should slap myself in the face. Like every when I was. I once did, uh, talked at the BAM Film Festival in Canada, and you're not allowed to swear or anything. You can't say anything like you can't say the word retard or anything. So whenever I—that's not swearing—but whenever I, so whenever I did swear, I, I slapped myself in the face, which was, uh, you know, it's very highly effective. So maybe every time, every time I do that noise, what noise? It's not really. A, I'm not sucking my teeth. I'm just like sucking my up up top of my mouth. Maybe that's not even what he's talking about. Maybe this, maybe this is something else. Maybe I'm making another noise at the same time. Have you ever had that? Have you ever have you ever worried? Like I had this thought that maybe I've got Down syndrome. Like 
because I do, I do, people often joke that I've got Down syndrome. And then I thought, like, maybe they're not joking. Maybe I have got Down syndrome. There's nothing wrong with got Down syndrome. But, like, you know, like, if, you, if you're not aware that you have, so, like, learning difficulties, although I am aware I have learning difficulties. So, you know, but you, you know like, like a film, you know, when you have this film where there's a, where they're, where they're, you know, this guy is, like, chasing after androids, and at the end you realise he's an android, or he's, you know, I see dead people, all that kind of stuff. It's, like, so common in in so much kind of media, the twist at the end where you realise that you were an android the whole time, is what if you were, like, a crazy person? Like, do, do crazy people realise they're crazy? I doubt, I doubt it, really. They probably just think everybody else is crazy, which they are, which is kind of, you know, you'd have to be crazy not to think that, so... Yeah, so I am. I am actually going to do. A t- so this is why I probably wasn't doing. Going to do a do a podcast because I just my brain's a bit empty at the moment. Like I'm. Tr- I am. I'm still trying to get this bloody book finished, but I'm literally. It's. I'm finding it increasingly more and more difficult to, to, to to manage it for some reason. I think I'm get the. I'm getting to the end of my tether, and if I could give someone, if I could just give someone else it to finish. Because at the moment, it's well, I'm saying it's just a layout. I've just got to lay out the book, and it's all done. Like, if you follow my Instagram, at psychovertical.com, no, at psychovertical, you'll see that I'm still posting up, like, diagrams from the book. And the reason is that I'm still finding diagrams I need to f- do for the book, and I'm still changing stuff. So, I, like, I have, I have all the, in the book, I have all these things, which are iron laws, like whenever you like, you should always be connected to two things at all times when you're repelling, or very various things. And then, but then I'm like, I need to change that to like blood laws because they're basically laws written in blood. Like if you don't do them, you could die, and other people have died not doing them. So then, so then I'm like, oh, I need to go back and need to like change all those, like where it says iron law and and just really, really anal kind of stuff. But. To, so that's a problem when you're doing when you're doing the when you're doing it yourself. You're doing the book yourself. You you have that ability. Like if I was if a publisher was publishing it, and I said, oh, but, oh, by the way, I know you've proofread it and it's gone. To, it's going to the printers. But can I just change this word to this word? Or you know, like I didn't, I didn't, I have not used the word prusik in the whole book. I've used like friction, friction hitch or whatever. And I'm like, so today I was like. You idiot! Like, why don't you just use Prusik? Because it would make everything so much more easier. It would make it more understandable for everybody. Why have you gone? Why have you done this? And I'm like, oh yeah, I should really go back and change like the five thousand times I've used the wrong word. So yeah, so at the moment, I, to be honest, I am like, I am, um, uh, I, you know, I'm, I, I'm not at the end of my tether with it, but I, I, feel, I sometimes feel like. A, I've spent the entire day just doing like one image for the book and it's uh, really very, very frustrating. And this is probably that anybody, anybody out there, like it's not like if I was a, you know, if I guess any, any, anybody who is like self-employed and it's only them working by themselves, it's, it's probably one of the hardest things is to be like constantly, you know, self, you know, self-motivating and things. So, so in the in the current in the current uh, situation, uh, I am I am very lucky uh, in that I've always <laughs> I've always been basically on the edge of losing everything financially and having no no income. 
So if you're if so, I'm very good at like be able to contract down to uh, not spending any money and uh, and and everything else. There was there was something the other day someone was saying about someone's talking about being poor, and this guy was like said, uh, "Yeah, literally, I've been down to my last two thousand pounds," and I was like, "You you lucky bastard, you know, two thousand pounds." So so yeah, so that's a, so it's. You know, so it's uh, I don't know. I don't, I, I, so everyone's like whinging the whole time at the moment. Uh, so I'm not gonna I'm not gonna whinge. So, but uh, on a on a brighter note, uh, I mean I'm in Ireland because I got uh, I got I got deported. So that was kind of cool. Like I never really been never been deported before, and it was uh, it was everything everything you can imagine. It's like it was a bit like it was actually a bit like Midnight Express. Have you never seen Midnight Express? I highly recommend it because it was like a really famous film. It was made by Alan Parker, who did uh, Angel Heart and Bugsy Malone and all this kind of fame. You know, uh, the the uh, what's that film in the island? The anyway, uh, the Irish are the black people of the world, or whatever. Anyway, uh, the 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 anyway. So he made he made loads of films. Any Midnight Express. Uh, it's about this guy who gets put into a into a prison in Turkey. And it's kind of outrageous when you watch it now. It's like really, te- it's actually a really, really terrible film. I think it won loads of Oscars, and people thought it was amazing. But when you watch it now, it's absolutely, it's absolutely terrible. It's like if you were Turkish, like now we, you know, now we, anyway, it's really kind of terrible if you're Turkish. It makes Turkey look like everyone's trying to rape you, and everyone's really sweaty, and it's not, it's not really good. But it. But it was a little bit like that. I did feel like the guy at Midnight Express when they're like, the country is closed. You can't, you know, there is no visas. And he's like, where do where do I go? You must go. You must go. You, you must go where you came from. Or like, I can't go back there. I've not got a visa for there either. You must go. Just go, go. And it was uh, it was very funny. And it was, there was people crying, people like losing their shit. And I think, I think at the moment, although I don't want to address the world as it is at the moment, but my reading of it is that do you know when you see these when you're when you're in the airport and someone's got a bag which is too heavy or something and they come in and they say sorry you have to pay like fifty euros fifty dollars for this bag or two hundred dollars for this bag and people start like losing it and like I can't I I can't I've got the money and ah, this is outrageous and they're like we'll have to well okay we just have to go and stand over there like we'll you know we'll just you just have to take you know you can't fly and they kind of completely lose ah and everyone's like Christ Almighty calm down and then and then it's like the end of the world and then like slowly the person you know and like I'm gonna fucking fuck you up I'm gonna get someone to kill you and all that kind of stuff they're going really crazy. And then slowly the cart start calming down, and they're like, "Oh, well, it's not your fault. Sorry, mate, it's not your fault." And you know, yeah, I, I do have, you know, I do have all this stuff in my bag, and you know, all these like kettlebells and stuff. And maybe the maybe it is too heavy, and 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 slowly everyone just like everybody sort of calms down, and they just kind of deal with it, deal whatever's whatever's going on. So I feel like it's a, bit, a little bit that at the moment. I did do a fl- I, I took a flight recently when I went from Saudi Arabia to Oman. And it was, uh, you know, if someone said, you know, we're going to put, you know, you have to go to the worst, the worst airport in the world. Like if you got this this issue going on with lots of ill people, we're going to send you to the the airport with all the poorest people you will ever see in your life, like who uh, who've never flown in their lives, and uh, 
so we ended up in this airport and it was like hilarious because everyone had this like holy water it's called like like you know, like jim jim water or juju water or something some kind of like holy water that's been blessed or something and everyone was trying to take all this shitloads of water in their hand luggage now as you know water is quite heavy and i think it's a ki- one kilo for every kilogram no one kilogram <laughs> one kilogram for every liter so they all had these like big bags which were just full of water and they come up to the counter and the guy be like do you have any water in this bag and they're like no 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 water and then they would just get you try and lift the bag onto the scales and they was, was so heavy you know it was like creaking and he put it on it just be like you know 75 kilos this like you know one liter you know this little bag was like 75 kilos there's water in here like take the water out ah wow so they take, start taking all this water out and there's like water just piled up everywhere all these bottles of water there's water all over the floor and everything else and uh so yeah so it's uh someone told me like one reason why a lot of people are ill in iran is if you the people were getting uh this holy water and then the the um imam was like spitting into it and then they were drinking it that was that was meant to make you feel better so whether that's true or not so we, we didn't have any water uh anyway so yeah so we're on this plane it was a bit like that it was like all these like poorly people all you know just coughing everywhere and like it was it was yeah it wasn't it wasn't very good and then well, I actually think I was like I was like really ill anybody who's been listening to this podcast I was really ill in December and so was Vanessa so was like anyone I met got really ill with a some sort of flu thing so I kind of I'm, I kind of suspect that if, if I haven't had, the, haven't had this thing so far it's probably because I've already had it so um you know I've been flying around in airports and stuff so but anyway when when we were in Oman we had a another little adventure in that on our last night in Oman we uh we 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 camped on this like beach kind of beach kind of area and it was very very kind of remote and we went we went off to look at some wadi somewhere and then when we came back we were like trying to find the where we parked where we camped in the dark and we're like driving along driving along couldn't see it and then eventually we came to this bit and was like, this is actually where we were. Look, there's our firing. There's some rocks and stuff. And anyway, someone had like taken our tent and they'd taken our tent, our sleeping bags, our carry mats, our Olvenest clothes. And she even had a wedding ring like in the tent. So we just like, looked around like, where is it? Like, and even there was actually rocks inside the tent. So the tent didn't blow away. And even the rocks had disappeared out of the tent. So we ended up, we had to drive like 40 minutes to the police station and we kind of went in this like quite remote kind of police station and everyone was, for some reason, you know, for some reason uh, in these kind of countries, there's always like shitloads of policemen, but there's like, there's no crime. Maybe that's why, maybe there's lots of policemen. Like someone said in the, in England, if someone breaks into your house, you can never find a policeman. But at the moment, if you try and break out your house, there's, you know, they'll, they'll, they'll come. So... Yeah, so the police, the police were there. All these policemen were there, and they all looked at us like, "What the hell do you want?" And we were like, uh, "Can you help us, please?" And like, no one spoke any English. We didn't speak any Arabic, so I started tra- trying to draw like a picture of a tent, and then then doing like wind sounds, like it disappeared, like bing, like whatever. And and then they were like, "Have you had an accident?" And we're like, "No, no, like tent, tent, tentios." You know, and uh, Vanessa's like decathlon. You know, she like she's not very good at like communicating. So anyway, eventually some guy turned up 
and uh, they were just like really, really surprised how anything could uh, ever get any. There could be any crime in Oman, and it is a very, it's a super safe place. Like all these countries are like super safe. You're either, you're either going to get either something's really bad's going to happen to you, or nothing at all, basically. So it's uh, so you know, so the tent was gone. They didn't know where it was. It wasn't going to come back. So we so we drove all the way back 40, 40 minutes back to where we'd been. Just, just to double check when it got light, if it was, if it was the lesson where, so we just like slept in the back of the car. <laughs> We'd have like I'd lost my coat as well. My coat was in the tent, so just like, and we all we had was like the fly sheet from the tent. So we just kind of wrapped ourselves up in like the the tent fly sheet. So it was very uh, a very sad, pathetic night. Uh, but we did. Then we had to go to the airport. So we went to the airport. Vanessa wanted to go climbing, so we went climbing before, before then, and. Um, so yes, it was a. So yeah, that was, and then we lost all our bags as well. That was another thing that happened. Is when you get deported, it's like, where are my bags? You know, because when you go, to, when you're deported from a country, your bags actually go through into the country. This is this is the thing you don't realize about being deported. Is your bags, your bags actually go into the country? You know, because they've gone there. You know, go through passport control and then pick up your bags. So technically, our bags had entered the country. But we we weren't allowed to go into the country, and uh, we're like, "What about our bags?" And like, "Don't worry, they will, they will, they are on the plane already." It's like you don't know what plane we're getting on, and they're like, "Oh, don't worry about, it, don't worry about it." And uh, it took us about twelve hours to get to, to get rid of us, and all the time they were like, "We're like, where's our bags?" And like, "Oh, don't worry, everything's fine, everything's fine, everything's fine." And there is a there is a thing when there's a bit of a a, a disaster where you just want to just like. Just get, just, just fuck off. You know, right? just get on that plane. Just fuck off. You don't have to, worry, don't have to think about it anymore. So eventually, anyway, we ended up arriving in Heathrow, and the bags were there. So in the in the space in the space of about in the space of uh, you know twenty four hours or something, we'd literally like lost almost everything we owned. So, but never mind. It's only it's only it's only stuff. It doesn't really matter. So yeah, it's not been a good year this year. I think Vanessa made the made the made the mistake of saying. Uh, nothing bad ever happens to us, but so far this year our house has burnt down. We've lost all our stuff and we've been deported. So all the stuff we had is is in a country we can't we can't go back to. So never mind. At least we got our health. That's all that <laughs> for the for the time being. That's all we've got. That's all we got left. So I do God, I got like a sniffly nose. As soon as I start talking about the thing, I always start feeling really ill and like having a dry cough and. A runny nose, but I'm actually I'm, I think I'm actually allergic to dust. So, um, not dust as in like dark materials, just as in as in dust. Uh, I shouldn't say that because I'm actually in my um, mother-in-law's parent parent-in-law's house. So it's it's bad, it's a bit bad to start going on about how you're always sneezing because of uh, dust and stuff. And she's they got they got they got like cats. They haven't got I haven't got cats. Got these cats. Um, they have all these weird names for cats here. Like they've got this cat. It's called Maybe. I don't know why it's called Maybe. It's just like a cat that just comes in. They don't know who it belongs to. It just comes in the house. So, um, so yes, yeah, so is that is that all my news so far? Yeah, I guess so. Uh, yeah, that's my news. So I I, I should really I should really uh, how long I've been talking for? I should really be um, talking about some kind of climbing related thing, I guess, but. Uh, I, so I have had a lot of people asking about rope soloing and I will probably have to try and do it, but I'll probably have to do it 
in a different way. I'll probably have to do it like on a on a video thing and maybe do like a few videos kind of going through like rope soloing and some sort of in ins and outs kind of things. And I'll try and do some more because I can't we can't it can't leave the house now, so I've got a bit more time <laughs> to do some other do some other things. So uh maybe I'll do some more um some other things. I I've had I've had like got quite a few questions. Most of them are most of them are quite easy, like, you know, how many how many uh how many screw gates should you carry? So that's a so I generally <laughs> so I would generally carry I probably I've got the screw I've got a big screw gate on my belay device. I always I always use like a really large uh um HMS style you know carabine screw gate on my carabine or not like a lot like a twist lock I use because it's a because it's good to have one that big um but also it's really handy if you're doing uh, like a Munter hitch and a monster Munter and a monster Munter and I've I've used like the the monster munter uh, a lot for like passing knots. So if you do, if you want to lower someone down two ropes, uh, say say you're like 120 meters up and someone's broken a leg, you need to lower them all the way down to the ground. You just tie the two ropes together with an overhand, and then you just uh, tie a munter hitch or, or a monster munter, which is, a monster munter is like a munter hitch inside a munter hitch. And then you start lowering the person down. And when the knot gets to the to the munter hitch. It'll just pass all the way through and then back out, so you can just pass someone, lower someone down like 120 meters in one go. And I've done, I've, I've, I've even done it like down like seven, seven ropes all tied together, like lowering something like maybe it was like 350 meters, 400 meters down a down the mountainside. So, like if Joe Simpson had had Joe Simpson, Simon Yates had not had had that technique, uh, he would have been all right. He would have got down. So. So, so I generally have like one one screw gate that's the large one on your device, and then I generally carry one other large screw gate, which is big enough for putting in like multiple clove hitches and and uh, and everything else. Yeah, so I'd have like yeah, so I'd have like one I'd have one spare screw gate, one large square spare screw gate, and then the screw gate on my belay device, and then usually we carry we have two short quick draws. And both of them have like very small, like small screw gates on them on one side, like a lock draw. So if you if you're climbing on like very, ex- so if you're climbing on grit and there's only like one wire or one cam or something, and you don't want the you don't want any chance of the rope unclipping itself, uh, then we'd use like the, one of those draws on it with the screw gate on it. And and also we start we mainly start carrying it when we're climbing in Tuolumne in Yosemite where you, you maybe got like a whole pitch and you only have like two or three bolts on it. So we d- generally use like a lock draw on those kind of bolts, which is like, it, it sounds, uh, <coughs> it sounds a bit overly cautious, but I, I often, f- I've often found that, you know, if you're in a position where you're climbing and the gear or the bolt, whatever is right next to your waist, as you're doing this hard move, it's actually quite easy for the rope to like come out in that situation. Less less so when you're falling and you're falling a long way onto a piece of gear, like you know, when you're sport climbing or whatever. But when you when your waist is very close to the gear and you're moving around, going up and up and down, I find that's kind of a, a sort of a danger point, really. Uh, so sometimes, if I'm like sport climbing and the, and I'm in that sort of situation and I don't have a lock draw. 
Like some people use a lock draw on the first ball, uh, even at climbing walls, because that's, you know. So um, uh, sometimes I'll just put like two draws like back to back. So you're 100% sure that that rope can't escape as you're doing this this thing. So, But maybe I'm just I'm just getting old. So, But if you've got those two little small uh, screw gates, then that just gives you, a, you know, some extra extra leeway if you if you did if you did need to um use screw gate for something else and then you can always use like doubled up carabiners like back-to-back carabiners if you want you know something that even even safer than uh than a, than a screw gate and uh i had a question about um sleeping mats like sleeping mats uh yeah the, well, i guess when i when i first started climbing Everyone just had like carry mats, which are just um, are they blown like blown foam? I think you get you get like chemical chemically chemical foam and blown foam. I can't remember now, but yeah, you get basically get two different types of foam. Like one's one's cheap and poor quality, and it gets thin really really quickly. Like that's what probably what most like sit mats are made out of, and cheap uh, the foam in like you know in shoulder straps of cheap rucksacks and things. Uh, cheap bouldering mats where the foam looks really, really good to begin with but it rapidly kind of compresses and loses its uh loses its life and then you get like more high quality high quality foam so the the mats made by like multi-mat i'd say most of them are all going to be like high quality foam so they so the, the so the classic sort of carry mat was the mat that most people had then <coughs> and they were um uh, you, you, I think you had like two different weights, and there were there was like an like an expedition weight, like mountaineering weight, and then there was like a lightweight one, which was just for like UK camping. And everyone seemed to everyone seemed to get along with those pretty well. You know, people use them in the Himalayas, and you know, camping and everything else. And my granddad, he told me that before you had um, sleeping mats because you used to like you used to like sleep on your side, and you would like cut. You would dig a hole uh, for your hip, so your hip didn't, uh, you know, didn't, uh, you know, press into the ground, which is quite, it's really quite a good tip. Uh, if you ever, I don't know if anybody's ever, is it's actually quite, you know, you lose, you do lose a lot, of, a lot of uh, heat, um, you know, if you like laying on the laying on the ground. And is that is it not something that you're better having like a layer underneath you than a layer on top of you? Or there's some there's some idea that. You better you're warmer if you lay on something rather than just have nothing, but I'm not entirely sure that's I'm not sure that's sure that's true. And I've had quite a few I've had quite a few nights where I've had to bivy out where I've not had anything underneath me, and uh, like the class the classic way to to do that if you don't have anything underneath you is to sleep on your rope. Uh, it's quite interesting to 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 look at how much. Um, how much stuff you have to to actually sleep on, you know, how, how much sort of insulation, and you know the number, the probably the main piece of insulation you have is the the back of your uh, rucksack. The if you have some foam in there, and it's always worth having, it's always worth having some foam. And the foam, some of these backpacks where you have a piece of foam which is like folded in half, that's that's even better because ideally you want something that's going to cover your from your hip uh, up to your shoulder. Uh, if you lay on your side so it doesn't have to be you don't it doesn't have to be luxury like the whole the whole length of it really and uh and then and then your then your rope and if you're sleeping if you're sleeping out on just on your rope like a rope is 
it's not super it's not super comfortable but it is actually very is actually insulating it will like keep the um you know keep the you off off the floor a little bit and uh, the best way to the best way to do it is you'll sometimes see people where they'll just like snake the ropes and backs and forwards backs and forwards across the floor and then lay on top of them but if you actually um make them into like uh what's it called is it not a butterfly coil where you like tie tie figure eight and start feeding the rope through itself and you create a maybe it's a is it a butterfly coil um a chain a snake a chain coil like a daisy chain you just make this like chain of chain of rope and it's actually it's actually a little bit more comfortable and it's a little more insulating but it doesn't cover such a big area but if you make a 160 meter rope into uh, if you daisy chain it all together it actually make it actually makes quite a quite a good decent um place to you know place to sleep on it and then usually you're going to sleep next to your next to your climbing partner so you can kind of uh um a spoon spoon together which is uh like spooning together is like really very highly effective and if you're not and if you're not like on the side of a mountain and you're just uh anywhere like sometimes you end up in a position in like you're descending in the dark or whatever and you're so you're so knackered that you just have to sleep where you are and 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 just you know carry on in the morning or whatever have a have a have a kip so you know the whole, the whole like survival thing of you know you know piles of leaves and you know all that kind of stuff uh, is like really really is like really effective um like if you've got a, if you've got any kind of say if you've got like a bothy bag uh, like a bothy bag you know if you just like shove loads of leaves in it and then pull it over you so you've got this kind of all this uh, dead air space with the leaves and then you've got like a, a you know like a uh, like a cover which will stop the air moving around you can actually it can actually be quite warm and I, I did once do that where i was like camping i think i was camping in wales and I had like a really crap sleeping bag and i ended up uh getting loads of leaves and put loads of dead leaves and putting them in my bivy bag and uh, in between the bivy bag and my sleeping bag and it was like a lot a lot warmer so so the then the i guess all the cat the 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 thermorests like came out you know, I think I was maybe I was like 16, 17, 18 when I think my dad got a thermorest. And I think as you get, I think as you're getting older, you, your body gets stiffer and you're less. It is it is it is like harder sleeping on really hard things as you as you get older. I think you get you do get a little bit softer. So a thermorest came out, and of course, like where they are, you know, they're a lot warmer. A thermorest, and but they, as you as you can imagine, they have all sorts of uh, all sorts of drawbacks. And I've had, I must have had like five or six thermorests in my life, and you know various things happened to them. Like some delaminated, so you suddenly had this like big like football sized like bit of them, and so you couldn't really sleep on them. And uh, some sort of delaminated on the inside, uh, so they just you know they look completely fine, but they just the air was coming out in like you know in tiny like microscopic holes where the air was coming out and so you generally if I've ever, I've ever used a thermorest in a situation where it was like if it was like you know critical um uh it was like <laughs> sorry <laughs> Vanessa Vanessa's been for a run she's like broken a quarantine so she's she's walking around outside 
distracting me. So, um, God, just go away. I'm, I'm on the, do the podcast. God, women. So, uh, yeah. So if you ever want anything like it was like really critical, you, you, you know, you generally you would carry like a, a, a normal, a normal mat, like a foam mat, and you'd also carry a thermarest. And that, that, you know, that's like a, that's kind of a well, well tried kind of system. I think if it was like super critical though, you might be better just carrying two, two f- formats. Um, and um, it's really important to always carry a, a repair kit, which is one of those things that you say that, but generally when you get a puncture, you haven't got a repair kit. It's like, it's like, oh, always carry a repair, but I haven't, I haven't got one. So a good, a good, a good, a good trick is generally you got you're more likely to have some gaffer tape somewhere. Like if you, you should always have some kind of first aid, first aid, but first aid of you and your gear in your in a bag, you know, like a little little tiny bag. You know, have some gaffer tape in it. Basically, that's it. Just have some, you know, some needle and thread, a few little bits in there. Some, you know. Uh, safety pins and you know whatever a roll of like tape like athletic tape and you can you can mend uh, a thermarest quite well quite effectively with just some uh, gaffer tape but what you have to do you need to like you need to heat it up uh, over a stove so it becomes very almost like it's almost melted and then stick the gaffer tape onto the thermarest and then ideally do that do like a few layers of that but getting getting gradually bigger and bigger and bigger, so that that's, that can create quite an effective uh, repair. But you have to you have to heat it up first. Uh, if you just put it on as it is, it's probably not very effective. Uh, having some uh, carrying some super glue or some kind of glue that that can sometimes help. But but in your, in your first in your kind of general first aid kit, sort of uh, you should always put in some. Ideally, you want one of those little things of seam sealer, uh, seam grip, like the really tiny ones. Like really, that's a really handy thing to, you know, to to always have in your first aid, in your first aid kit. And and with that, you can re- you can repair it with almost anything. Like you can cut a, you know, you can you, you can cut like a piece of fabric off something, and you know, you get some, you know, like a, the. Uh, you know, food container or whatever, just to try and repair the repair the the hole. Uh, one 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 thing which is very important if you're doing sort of cold cold expeditions where it's like really really cold over a long long period, is you should never blow up your thermarest or any kind of mat. You should always like it's always a pain in the ass like having one of those bags where you're having to like inf- inflate it from a separate bag. But what what you what you find is is if you're if you're constantly breathing air into a into a mat every night, is what happens is like the moisture like builds up inside the mat and then it freezes. So the mat ends up uh, stick it can can stick together, which which I don't know if it can damage it, but I kind of get the impression it probably isn't very good for it either. But the worst thing is is the mat just gets like much much heavier and it won't pack up as small as small because it's full of ice. Uh, so when you you know when you roll it out, it's actually quite hard to to blow it up sometimes and you get ice in the nozzle and everything else so you should you should always try and use a uh you know like a separate sort of like bag that you know a lot of these mats have these days for for blowing the mat up and if you are if you're on like a if you're on a trip that takes you know say you're like skiing across 
you know, Iceland or Greenland or Antarctica or doing a big trip like that, like a, you know, like a, a trip where you're using a pulk or something is what you want. You actually want a bag where you can actually put the mat in without deflating it. So you, so there's a, I don't know what the name of it is, but it's like Norwegians kind of invented the idea, I think, where you just have this, this big, uh, a bit like a, you know, those like suit, a bag where you put your suit in. But it's the size for your cat for your mats. So you have this big bag. It zips around like three corners, and inside it you'd have your uh, your two mats, and then you have your sleeping bag. And at the end, in the morning, you just uh, get out your sleeping bag, zip the whole thing up, and then just like put it on top of the the pulk, and then and then ski with it. And the end of the day, you just open it, get into it, and that's it. So the so the sleeping bag isn't compressed as well. So when you when you compress a sleeping bag, the the same thing can kind of happen a little bit, in that the uh, the moisture from the night, if you're not using a vapor barrier bag, can can like it's like it's condensing in the sleeping bag, uh, you know, th- throughout the day. So so there is there is some element that you actually you actually do sort of dry the bag uh, just by leaving it out, and the sun's shining on this thing in the daytime. It, it seems to you know keep keep it like lofted up. Like if you're continually compressing a sleeping bag in like really really cold conditions, you generally find towards the end, you know, when you pull the bag out of the out of the stuff sack, it's just the same size. It's just like it's completely squashed. It's just all stuck together with ice and things. So it's not it's not very nice. If you have a synthetic bag, then it dry, it will um, warm up and uh, the moisture will, will will melt, but it doesn't really go anywhere. So you can end up with like when we when we climb the troll wall in the winter. I had like a an Ayungalak bag tie-in, which is a really good which is a really good sleeping bag. And um, you know, towards the end, like there was like ice, like as thick as your big as your fist, like in the eye in the sleeping bag. Um so it's not so it's not good. So 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 then so then after the so then the thermorest has been like developing all these different types and the uh the and then you had uh, Xbed came out with the down mats, and the and the Xbed mats are really good. Uh, again, they the maybe they have a, a slight they have a you know for expedition stuff because you can't you're not supposed to blow into them like don't blow into them. I know some people do, but I wouldn't blow into them. Well, don't blow into them because it will it will like wreck them eventually. Um, so the, they're 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 good. You know they're they're. They're lighter than they look, and they're very warm, and they're very comfortable. And if you uh, if you kind of match match them up with a with a normal mat, then they're really good. A, a good a good thing they used that they made. They don't make it anymore. You'd have to make one yourself. Was uh, Xbed? They made like a cover that went over the mat, and it was like I think it was like three three mil foam on either side of it with the with the foot with the with the down mat on the inside so you know it's kind of like it just kind of slipped in between the two and what it meant was it protected the mat because you had this foam on both sides and if the mat was to deflate you still had six millimeters of foam uh which would and then you'd have the down you'd have the down as well even though it was deflated and i also that was like quite a cool idea but it would only be useful if you're doing like a you know a proper kind of expedition uh you know we'd have to like Take it up, put it down the whole time. Uh, but the thing, a, a real, a real kind of, I'm trying to look here now on the on the thermorest, uh, the thermo sleeping pads, fast and light. Um, the the mat I've been using 
the most recently is the is it the Nano Air? Mm. Yeah, the Nano Air X X Lite. And I, I I when when I got when I got it, I was I was like, Christ, it's like you know, so light, so um, you know, very very compact kind of a mat. But I've been I've been really surprised how well it's lasted, and I think I must have had it now maybe four years, and it's been up cap up L cap, you know, like four or five times. It's it's probably I've probably had at least I would say about a year and a half of nights like in it, like you know, long you know, four months every night in Africa, you know, three months in Australia, like every single night on this on this mat. And it did get, it did, ha- it did have holes in it. Like, you know, whenever you're camping, you always have to be really, really wary of uh, thorns and things because they can just go through the bottom of your tent into the thing. So if you're doing a lot of camping, you should always use like a foam underlay, like a piece of three mil foam or some, or something, you know, something to protect the bottom of your tent and also protect the bottom of your mat. And but yeah, it's but it was they were really good until they just got stolen, uh, you know, from in a man. So I was I was really really surprised. Like they're not they're not cheap, but they're um, they're really really good. Like one thing it's really really worth making is like a a, um, a a pairing kit, but like a pairing strap which holds the two mats together. Uh, and you can make what you can make one you can just make one out of a piece of cord, but if like two mil cord. So you just get you know a loop and then you tie a knot in the middle of it so it's kind of holds them both together and they don't like shift around, or you can make one out of um, very thin sort of like nylon ribbon and the smallest buckles you can find. Uh, they're they're just good because the more if if you the the more you're sleeping together the warmer the warmer you're gonna be. Um, that's why like if you like a two person sleeping bag is always like way warmer. Like I would say a two person sleeping bag is you know, like a, a third warmer because you've got another person in the sleeping bag, if not if not more uh, than just sleeping by yourself. So if you're into like adventure, you know, lightweight stuff, um, there's, a, there's a few really good two-person sleeping bags. So you can make one yourself for two people and uh, re- like really, 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 really good. But you have to be, you know, you have to be, uh, yeah, you have to be good friends. Uh, then another mat would be the... Um, the uh like there's not there's a Z rest um what are they called the the oh god what are they called the is it a Z rest Z yeah them rest what do they call it now these uh oh god I'm going like I'm going to see nil uh <laughs> ridge rest that's what it's called so then you have like the ridge rest uh, mats which are kind of I've had I've had a lot of ridge rest mats. Uh, I think the the current ones are probably they have this kind of. I think a lot of them have a a shape. This, well, you have like there's the what are they call the Z lights, which are like an egg box egg box kind of thing, and then the ridge rests are are kind of more robust. And you have you actually have like two weights. I'm just looking now, see if they still make. Do they still make them? Maybe they're not making them now. Um, no, they still do make them. So you get the, yeah, you got the Ridge Rest Ridge 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 Rest Classic, which uh, and the, the Ridge Ridge Rest Saw Light, which is like a lighter version. And they used to, they used to do like the the classic, and then you do like a winter one, which was thicker. 
and they are they are more they are more comfortable than a just standard mat uh um but the 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 only problem is if you're camping and there's a lot of snow uh if you get any snow on them uh they, it kind of gets trapped in the ridges um <laughs> pardon me or just a sneeze which which is a bit of a pain because if you get any snow like inside your you know on the ridge rest it's probably going to melt into your sleeping bag so that is a pain and if you're sleeping directly onto snow then you lose the uh you lose that warmth underneath because the mat actually compresses you know melts down into the ice so all those little air gaps underneath you fill up with ice so you're only getting like you know like you know like you know, like two thirds of the insulation value if you're sleeping directly on ice. But for general camping and everything else, um, they are good. Um, I, 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 I actually make when when I'm using like an ordinary sleeping mat, like a non-inflatable one. I I also generally make I, I just like make up out of some nylon, like a bag for it to go in. So do you know you usually a mat you kind of roll it up and you like put it on the side of your sleep side of your rucksack and sometimes people have some you know some a bit of bungee loop or something to to hold it down i i usually make up just like a, a stuff sack that's exactly the right size for it for it to go inside there and the the reason for that is just that it's it stops the mat getting really really wet if it's on the outside of your sleeping bag uh, outside of your rucksack if you're uh, in really kind of wet you know if you like walking or whatever or it's like snowy and it just keeps it just keeps it in there um and it doesn't really it doesn't really weigh very much and and the bag the bag that you that, that you have once once you've emptied the the uh the sleeping mat out of it it's it's kind of it's always handy to have bags stuff sacks and stuff when you're when you're camping or when you're in a snow hole whatever to put to put things in so so yeah so so at the, at the moment I, I probably have quite a lot of different mats but it's it's just it's just having the right map for the right situation really. But the but probably that my my kind of do it all mat is gonna is gonna be the uh, the Thermares one at the moment. Like I I, I maybe maybe Exped do a similar a similar kind of one. But I I've not used there are other people making mats, but generally I tend to stick with either Thermarest or uh um or exped they just they seem to make, they do seem to make the best mats and if it's a if it's just a a foam mat then uh um multi mat uh, in the uk uh you know they quite uh, they, they seem to make really, really good mats i think i think they've probably been making all these mats since like you know since since forever and uh, i think uh, actually bergens in norway uh, they make a really they make a really good mat that's super thick. It's like a jet, I think like a Norwegian Army issue one maybe that Bergens make, but they make one that's really 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 thick. Like I don't know how thick it is, like ten mil, twelve mil or something. But that's you know that's quite that's quite a good one. I had one of those, but it just seemed to blow away one day. Yeah, so mats blow away. That's one thing you have to have to be wary of. So every any mat you have. You need to have like uh, some some way of securing it to other things. So on my all on my thermarest, I'd always uh, gaffer tape on some kind of clipping loop somewhere. So if you're on a portal edge, you're on a ledge, whatever, you know, you don't want your mat to blow away. And it is like it is like super 
super easy um, for it to you know for it to happen. So, um, well, I guess I think I think I've been talking for too long. So, uh, so yes, yeah, so I do apologize for not talk not doing an, uh, a podcast for a while, but I will endeavor to do one more often. As in, I'll try and I'll try and do another one this week because everyone's sat on their asses. Uh, doing nothing so uh so if you have any questions any anything at all anything you want me to talk about anything blah 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 apart from to do with my speech impediments and uh, noises i make i think i think maybe maybe as i get more into it as i mean once i start talking maybe those noises go away maybe maybe when i'm just on one train of thought that noise goes away so Here's, you know, fingers crossed. Eventually, I'll end up being the perfect human being who can speak and everything, or more perfect human being. <laughs> so yes, thank. Anyway, thank you for listening and uh, be safe. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.